0: If you enjoyed the channel and our video content and would like to support us, you can do this in a couple of ways. You can sign up to our Patreon site which is a monthly subscription to one of our 4 tiers, each giving you something different from early access interviews up to exclusive unseen footage. There's also the option of a one-off donation via PayPal which allows you the option to donate an amount of your choice. Both options really help to keep this channel going and to continue putting out regular content for you good folk. So please take a look at aircurrentviewtv forward slash donate and I thank you in advance. Thank you and enjoy. So John, then you managed to go um, onto the Jaguar, how did this come about?
1: Yes, I, when I was posted from Three Squadron in Germany, uh, I went on to the uh, Jag um, and it was pretty much just starting up. I think it had been running about six months by the time I left the Harrier Force and there was a certain part of me that had a few frights in the Harrier <laughs> and two engines sounded pretty good um, and also I quite liked the idea of instructing so I went to Lossiemouth on the Jag and um, yeah and operated out of there. Um, the, um, the, the Because I'd, I was a weapons instructor anyway and I was a also an instrument flying instructor, and so on. Um, it, all that was almost nodded through. Uh, we did do bits and bobs, but pretty quick when I was back back on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, on the Jag OCU. I like the Jag, people talk about it, um, you know, saying it's underpowered, it's this and that and the other. Um, it was a nice airplane to fly, and it was a nice airplane to fly at low level. In the early days, the nav system worked quite well, but it, I don't know what happened to it, but it all went pear-shaped. And we eventually lost a competition with the Americans and, uh, on the A7. And I remember the American guy came up to me in the bar and he said, don't feel sad. He said, if there's anything like our Air Force, you've been beaten by us. You'll get some new kit. And sure enough, they did. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, so uh, JAG, I liked it. Nice airplane, nice at low level. Um, took most of the curvature of the earth to take off but (laughs) (laughs) that's the story. Uh, It was more powerful than people think um, and it was very nice at low level. Uh, I wouldn't take on an F-16 with it to be honest. No I don't think so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean was it nice having reheat for the first time?
1: Yeah yes but you needed it (laughs) because in in dry power it it was the, the idea was of the Jag was that you'd have Dry power, not very much, but it was enough to keep you whizzing around at low level. If right. you needed to use in short bursts the reheat, then you had the reheat. And it was a big jump between the two. Was it really? Yeah, it was a really big jump. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a nice airplane to fly. I liked it. And it was a little bit more modern than the Harrier. The moving mat was a bit bigger. Um, and um, the other thing is, it was my first instructional tour. And I, I loved it, I, I just really enjoyed it.
0: So how did you go on to be an instructor? I thought you'd be an instructor after you have been on like a frontline line squadron as such, or did you go straight in as an instructor?
1: No, well, um, <clears throat> there was those who went to Central Flying School and, and proper instructors as it were. <laughs> um, and they had the, I don't know, four month course or six month course and they did all that stuff. Um, but I could instruct Being given a short course with my background, Um, but and and I could then teach all these other things. But what I couldn't do was send people solo stuff like that. Not yet. Not yet. I couldn't do that. That had to be done by qualified flying instructor. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, So I I just find the whole thing fascinating. it was a nice airplane to fly, and in Scotland, which is even, yeah, even better, I mean, just wonderful. That
0: landscape must have been amazing, low yeah. level in the Jag, I mean, can't beat it probably.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and the other thing about it was it had a lot more range than the Harrier.
0: Yes, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: um, Yeah, it, uh, it was a good airplane, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And what was a cockpit like? Did it feel like a jump coming from the Harrier? A jump? Like a jump and like, uh, you know, avionics, the, the layout, uh, did seem better?
1: It was a bigger cockpit. Um, And and therefore, things were a bit more spaced out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a nice enough copy. It was bigger, bigger to sit in and everything else. Mm -hmm. So, and it did the job. It it was one of the, you know, was it better than the Harrier? I don't know, but possibly just something new. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the the moving mat was nicer, and various bits and pieces. And of course, it carried more. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Did the moving
0: mat actually work? As I've heard, it didn't. It wasn't that great from other pilots, or did it? Was it quite reliable?
1: Uh, when I first got on it, it was entirely reliable, and it was a much nicer map than the one in the Harrier. Um, but, uh, as time went by, they, the, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> they kept doing updates, and every update they got, it got worse and worse and worse, it seemed to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, and not only the map, but the weapon aiming system. Oh really? Which is why we lost to the Americans when, when we did that, because they, they had spent more than the whole Jaguar force on just their weapon aiming system. Wow. Whereas uh, ours was in a bad state at that point, and uh, w- when they did the competition uh, trips with these uh, A7s, which we did on one occasion, um, many went off no inertial system at all, just hard sight because it had jumped or whatever it was. Yeah. Very unreliable. Um, and as a result of that, uh, we lost the competition against the uh, U.S. Marine Corps and uh, quite heavily, frankly, because they just went out with this b- brilliant kit and just thumped everything. <laughs> and and we made a big effort, a, a, a very successful effort, basically flying with an iron sight.
0: Wow. Yeah, very old school. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, and I, as I say, what happened was that the Americans We had a big party afterwards and one of the guys came to me and he said, best thing that could happen to you, he said, if it's anything like our Navy, he said, you'll get some new kit pretty sharply, haven't been beaten by us. And sure enough, you did. did. (laughs) So he's right. (laughs) He was right.
0: So I'm going to post a picture up here now. There's a picture you sent me of a Jag with £8,000 bonds. Was that actually real bonds? Because people are saying the fibreglass and stuff like that. No, no, no. Actually, fully £8,000? Full.
1: Wow. 8,000 pounds. Yeah, it wouldn't go very far <laughs> with that. <laughs> <lot>. <laughs> but no, no, they were the, they were the deal. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't plastic. Uh, mm. They were the real deal. Um, you know, you're then talking going on internal fuel. Um, yeah, of course, yeah, go. no drop And with huge drag. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But it, it could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Did you fly, uh, obviously, you mentioned there with the Americans, did you fly on other, uh, any other large exercises with the JAG?
1: Um, no, no, not really because it was a training unit um, and two things happened, um, one it was a training unit and when I joined, I just joined as a Joe, and then one day uh, the boss, um, who actually was my boss many occasions, it's happened, <laughs> so I was very glad about it, Fred Trewerne, a great man, um, and he said so could have popped into the office I thought, like, you know what it's like, you think, oh no, I've done wrong, you know, headmaster's yeah. office, oh well, damn, you know i put some books down the back and um, he said, um, i got some good news for you. I said, what's that? And he said, by the way, not to be told anybody, you're going to be promoted and take over the squadron." Wow.
0: So you weren't expect that uh,
1: No, not at all. And the thing, the thing about it, about th- uh, that was <laughs> a little bit later than that, I met a senior officer. He was more senior to me. And this guy, I, I, I loved his idea, he was going to be Chief of the Air Staff, mm. which he very nearly did, um, as it turns out. But, um, and so what he used to do was, if he saw a well-written, of course in those days everything's written. Of course. Yeah, right. um, so if he saw a well-written paper or something, he'd make a copy and put it in this big chest he had and he, he would have this huge chest with all these things and time somebody said you know whatever he was then or in command or something you know can you write me a paper on search <laughs> you know and then filter all this and off he'd go i wish i had the forethought <laughs> <laughs> i did when fred told me that i was absolutely stunned i just wasn't expecting it i wasn't thinking about it you know i uh, yeah and so i took over it was about three months later. Um, he told me in about the March or something. And I took over in the um, in the July. Um, and, yeah, interesting because you think, God, I, I, was, I wasn't the youngest in the outfit, but there were a lot of people older than me there. So I sort of felt Christ, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought Christ. <laughs> well, one of those old people, <laughs> older people, uh, when I walked into the squad on the first day with all my stripes on and everything, he said, good morning, sir, you know, and chatted away. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. I just felt, you know, it's welcome. Yeah. welcome. Yeah. And, and he, he could be forgiven, this guy. He was a wonderful guy, but it, because he was a specialist air crew, he was not going anywhere himself. And he could be forgiven for being, well, mourning, mm. you know, but no, he, he said it quite deliberately. And I, I, I thought, "Wow, oh, thanks, mate. I, was, yeah, yeah, a bit of relief there, but I can yeah, imagine, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I ran the squadron for, well, yeah, it was about four years, three or four years. Wow.
0: So you probably have many, but can you share a few uh, stories from your time on the Jag?
1: Jag, um, actually, um, not not really. Um, you know, for, for me, <laughs> problem free. <laughs>
0: so that's a good thing,
1: I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> every, every airplane I flew, there was something
0: that happened. <laughs> You're always getting in trouble somewhere. <laughs>
1: um, no, there was. It, it was fairly straightforward. And we, I, the, the nice thing about it was, we persuaded the powers that be that we would do sort of air to air. Gunnery, for example, um, which really wasn't our remit, yeah, but it's, it is the sport of kings. <laughs> it, yes. is, it is the sport of kings, and it was actually quite an accurate gun too. Um, it was a 20 millimeter Mauser. Um, All right. And uh, yeah, and, and the sighting system and things were not wonderful, but pretty accurate. A lot more. Accurate did the job. The, did, the, did the job. Yeah. Um, so that was that was great. We dropped thousand pounders, um, and I can remember. Uh, i can 't remember now why we I was able to do it as an instructor, but anyway, whatever the reason was, um, well I dropped four thousand pounders um, on the range, and so we pull on a pull up you know pull up like that, you know boom, off you go, and then as soon as it 's gone, you go whew, you go really? inverted and they 're there <laughs> <laughs> and they 're doing this oh my god, falling away from you and uh, yeah, that was, that was great, I enjoyed that. But then one guy, um, he was going to be the squadron, uh, station commander at one of the stations in Germany. Um, and he, uh, he, I said, look, when you get to such and such, I can't remember, such and such a point, let go, because then it's, it's beyond the capability of the system. And he went, all right, okay. But he got Im- immersed in this, and he was hanging onto this, because it was all automatic. It all comes off automatically. Right. Right. So he's hanging on to the button. And poor uh, Paul, I said, have you let go? Well, what, what? Have you let go? And there's a bit of this going. The next thing was, Boom.
0: Oh, shit.
1: <laughs> and I just had the vision of these 4,000 pounders hurtling into Tain Village, which, they never would have done. Never. But I don't know why. I but just thought. Yeah, yes. you know, I thought, yeah. That, that's going to go into Tame Village with 4,000 pounders. And it was something like 70 at 6, which was a brilliant score for <laughs> 4,000
0: pounds <laughs> That's really good. Yeah.
1: Anyway, yeah, so we, we, we had fun. It was, it was a good airplane. I don't remember particularly. Anything. I had an engine failure once, um, a fire, um, which wasn't very nice. Um,
0: but I think yeah, like you say, like it's probably what you want: uh, eventful, less
1: stuff. <laughs> well, uh, yes. Well, the the um, the thing about that, I've got to say, when I went on to the Jag, it had two engines, and one of the things which didn't actually help you very much in the Harrier, the engine was right behind you, mm. bellowing, and you knew, and so you, if you wanted, eighty-three percent, you went, you know, whatever it was. They're way, way down the back. You can't hear them. So you've got to look at the gauges. And it took a while for right. me to get round to that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah it took a, sense, yeah. took a while.
0: So did you go supersonic in the Jag?
1: You could go supersonic in the air test. And so I, I used to do the air tests on it. Um, and uh, it was tricky to get it to go supersonic. Oh, was it really? Yeah, so you, because what, what happened was... you you as long as you got to about 40 grand or something, then it wasn't too bad. But if you were at lower level, um, you then had to sort of roll it inverted to get the nose down. It would go supersonic level. It was a quick aeroplane, very quick, um, at low level. Um, Well, I'll I'll tell you a thing at the... uh, Oh no, sorry, that was a a tornado. Um, Yeah, so you get it the nose going down but of course you're going into thicker air so you, you, your mark number is it was all a bit tricky to actually get it to go so I think you're supposed to I can't remember now in the air test 1.2 sounds oh, about right yeah some, something yeah. in that region um, and it's quite tricky to get it uh, I thought
0: it'd be quite easy to get the jack supersonic
1: to be honest. yeah you'd think so yeah um, yeah even the tornado in similar circumstances that took a while to right. you know, It go supersonic but Um, Yeah, it was tricky. Well, we'll talk about Tornado later. Um, Yeah. uh, No, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed instructing. I enjoyed the tour. I like the airplane. Yes, everybody says it takes the (laughs) circumference of the Earth to get airborne and stuff like this. But um, as I discovered later um, on the JAG, because I I went to the Indian Staff College and they had JAGs. So when we were doing the um, attack profiles and so on, suddenly I realised what a good aeroplane the Jag was because it right. carried a lot and went a long way for a small aeroplane. Because
0: it was originally a tr- going to be a trainer, wasn't it, yes. the Jag? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and so, and they had MiGs, MiG-21s and things. which course, yeah. You know, they, they just went about, you know, ate me and had to come home. It was like <laughs> a lightning. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody wanted the Jag. I suddenly realised that, because we, we had groups going around and so people saying, look, oh, I want some Jags. So and everybody was saying, I want some Jags. Because it carried a lot, of, lot of bombs a long way. Well,
0: yeah. You proved that by uh, showing the, that photo to me. Thousand yeah. pounds.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure you go very far with <laughs> no, the probably not. Yeah, so yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a great airplane.
0: So let's talk about your time on Tornado. How did you feel getting posted to the
1: jet? Well, I was, I was on uh, staff college course in India at this point more of that or none um, and and the reason for that was my father had been in India when I was born and he was the deputy manager of a, a tea plantation and um, so he, he that was the sort of link and I, I until I was five and i now I want you to get your handkerchiefs out at five I was sent home to England to boarding school <laughs> right you say you now know why I'm like this uh, actually, I had a ball. I loved it, wherever this place was. But anyway, that's by the way. Um, yeah, so that was the link. And so they called me up and said, because of that um, link, would you like to go to Indian Staff College? And I thought, no, not really. I'd rather go to the States, if you don't mind, or anywhere. Um, but anyway, so while I was on the course there, um, I got promoted on the course. Again. What? I wasn't expecting it at all. You know. I am light years away from the man who's got a cupboard full of letters and all this. <laughs> Even then. And they said, you're going to get a 101 squadron, Tornadoes. Oh, bloody hell. I was just amazed. It turned out not to be 101, it turned out to be 27. But um, So uh, yeah, so that's how I got on onto the Tornado. And then I came back and the course was some about a year away actually, something like that. So. I went to strike for a bit and sat around there and got bored, and they said, well, we've got nothing for you. And then somebody said, I'll tell you what, I've got some friends at Boscombe Down. Why don't you go down there and see if you can catch them flying. And so off I went to Boscombe Down, and they're all my mates there, I knew them all. And I did the one thing nobody else apart from them would do, inverted spinning in a Hunter.
0: Ah. You're asking for
1: it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I said to uh, Ross Piat is a very good friend uh, from years ago. Uh, By the way, he's a good guy to get hold of if you want, because not only did he do this, he flew in Oman, did a lot of stuff there, and he's flown MiGs in Pakistan, and he's done all this sort of business. So if you can get hold of him, I don't know if he'd say anything. I'll have a look. (laughs) Yeah, Ross Piat. And, um, at the same time, I flew the Phantom, the only time I ever flew it It was in the back, but uh, that was that. But I did eventually fly in the Lightning. Did you? Yeah, you, yes, you got your because, trip. <laughs> because the boss of the outfit, Robin Hargreaves, I think his name was, um, he said, oh, do you fancy a trip in a Lightning? He said, because I've only got a, a bit, uh, you know, to do of this air test. And I said, all I want to do is go double supersonic. I just want to go twice the speed of sound. He said, right. And off you? Yep. Yeah.
0: So you got your Mach 2 badge I, then. I got the <laughs> Mac
1: 2 badge. Oh brilliant. I really enjoyed it. Really. Uh, so it was great going there because it was all this sort of funny stuff you do in, in places like that Boscombe. Uh which you wouldn't do anywhere else. Mm. Uh, I did the course at Cottysmore. Um, with the and I don't know if you know if people have told you in the past, but there were three squadrons. One run by a German, one by a Italian. Talented, and, yeah. So I was on the German. Schumacher's name, never forget it cause for obvious yeah. reasons. He <laughs> yeah, yeah. was a brilliant bloke. Um, and so we did the course. And the thing about it was, when you look at the uh, tornado, I just think it looks so good. It does, doesn't it? It looks brilliant and it's big. Oh, well, relatively big compared to what I've flown. Um, and it's got a kit that works. And, and, you know, it's, it was brilliant and I really enjoyed the course um, and don't forget I was uh, You know, I'd had a fair bit of flying by then so I was probably had three and a half thousand hours or something like that uh, Of which you're only getting 200 a year or less. So, you know, it yeah, was, of course um, And so I, to be honest, I felt fairly confident. And it was a nice aeroplane to fly uh, so we did that and then we went to uh, Con- Honington and did the weapons course and then went on to the squadron and the thing about that was it was the third squadron to form we had one aeroplane and of course with houses i don't know how many houses three were built all the rest were not built nothing was built right it was like being in a builder's yard at this <laughs> point and uh, off i went to uh, there i had the, my flight commanders a couple of flight commanders with me um and, and a few of the bodies and um I, then we started flying uh, and what happened was, I went across to the other side of, of the air, airport and yeah. said to the warrant officer, he said, oh, sir, oh, thank God you're here. You know, we've been sitting around doing nothing and everything. I said, sorry, it's all going to change. Um, I said, have you got an aircraft ready for it? Oh, yeah, he said, we've got an aircraft ready for aircraft, We're waiting for you. I said, right, first thing this afternoon, this afternoon, yes, let's get going. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and um, so he said, right, okay, so we'll do that. And I said, and the other thing is... I want one of those houses which is built, cleaned out, and I want to come into that house. That um, nice. And um, I didn't think anything of that. I thought that was fairly straightforward. And he told me later, he said, I was so relieved when you said all that. We were starting at long last. Really? Um, yeah. And he said, we'd been there for ages, everybody flaffing about and, you know, not doing anything. And all of a sudden, let's go. And and so that was that. And so I did an air test with uh, my senior flight commander, Tom Bradley, brilliant guy. Uh, And um, we did the air test. Funnily enough, you asked about supersonic flight. That was one of them. And I can't remember if this this may have had pylons on it. It it struggled to go supersonic. Did it really? Yeah. It would low level. It it would do. When I did the course, you did a supersonic run at two thousand feet, and with this German navigator instructor in the back. And the, the thing I remember about that was he said, right, sweep the wings. We cleared for the supersonic run. 750, I think, was the speed from yeah. memory. Yeah, that's 70, about right, it, yeah. Yes, uh, that was the limit um, for Air Force use. And we went 450, slammed the burners in. And in 16 seconds, we were doing 750.
0: No way, really? it oh, it's quick?
1: unbelievable. <laughs> it just rocketed forward. Um, and it, it was extremely quick and, it, and very smooth. You know, just went through the mark with that
0: I thought it's like a Cadillac almost. It's yes. like quite comfy and yeah, yeah it's quite stable. comfy. It's
1: quite quiet. The only thing I think is quieter was the Hunter T seven. That was a really quiet airplane. I thought they'd be quite loud. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the single seater was. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was a, a lovely airplane. And then we only had that one airplane. So from that moment onwards, it was just building up, building up, and uh, more airplanes coming in and. You know, and then there's another squadron down the road trying to do much the same. They're a bit ahead of me and so they're trying to get spares and bits. What squadron was that?
0: Six one. Uh. Seventh
1: squadron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> anyway, no, that was, it was a joke. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it was tough to get spares and everything else. But within six months we had to be combat ready. And the other thing about that was it was nuclear.
0: Yeah, the nuclear role. I was going to ask you, like, what was that like? Was there a lot more training involved for that role?
1: Yes. Now, the, all the guys who came from the Buccaneer had done that. Mm. But we had ex-Lightning people. Had me. Never done it. Um, the, uh, the, a number of the navigators came from the V-Force. Now, Some may or may not have done that. But in any event, not in this way. Um, and so, um, yeah, it uh, it was a lot lot to think about uh, on that side. And I, I remember once we had two first tourists who were brilliant, by the way, both of these guys. Um, one one was killed, sadly, many years later. But anyway, two of them, twenty one, twenty two, pilot navigator, or something like mm-hmm. that. And on this exercise, they were the pair. be called upon if necessary to drop the nuke that age yeah and i thought 21 22 they could be starting world war three it it just uh, a lot of pressure there a lot of pressure really i don't think so (laughs) i think most people thought, well it isn't actually happening but uh, so it was uh yeah there was and there was one conversation i did have with every single person that came through and i interviewed everybody and i said look mate nuclear so if you've got any issue about it, now is the time to say. You, right. you cannot go and on the day say, I'm not going. Not least of which, you'll be shot. Now, you say, yeah, no, that no, no. yes. Yeah. They had two policemen in every house. They checked your documentation. Not, not normally, obviously, if you're doing a nuclear thing. And check um, your documentation, and then they walk around with you. Oh, they follow you. Yeah, they follow you around. Right. Now, if you do anything to damage the airplane, they're all nice to shoot you. So, <laughs> hard rules.
0: So the eyes are on constantly while you're doing your work. Yeah, arounds. yeah, yeah.
1: And they are not there. Um, <laughs> they're not there to be nice. Let's put it that way. The whole thing is done grim-faced and everything. So it's not
0: like it's not like, oh, how are you, mate? how are you doing it? Nope, nope, no, right. no, down
1: to business. Because it's nuclear. No, we, we didn't actually have a, a QRA role, per se, um, all the time. But when you did exercises, obviously, you, you used to have two aircraft ready to go all the time. Um, and they had to be started up and gone in next to nothing. Um, we, I, there was a lot of argument about it, but we were at one end of the airfield and 617 were at the other end. Um, and. Long story short, we eventually got it so that we could take off on that runway and they could take off on that runway Mm -hmm. Because my argument was they're taking off that way where they're going. We are going in the opposite direction Mm -hmm. in reheat So you've lost I don't know pounds and pounds of kilograms of fuel Just that and doing a turn which I don't want to do because we're going to be short of fuel Mm -hmm. Um, Plus or minus 10 seconds was the time on target time Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and the rules were harsh. Well, they weren't harsh. There, there was no leeway. You had to get 100% on all the tests. And if you didn't, 100%. there was trouble at wow. Mill. Okay, right. Yes. Um, and that's where the guys in the Buccaneer. That was what was nice about this squadron. I was able to call on people who'd done this sort of thing before. Others hadn't, but they had. And so they would cut and i said, would you mind telling everybody all about this? And God, how to yeah, do it? Yeah. and then. That's good for them. They like that, you know, yeah. to prepare everything. And um, so, we did have people to help us within the squadron. Um, the one person they didn't like any of them was single seat pilot, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly of the navigators. <laughs> no, they didn't like that, no. but they got used to it. Yeah. I, I, the thing about the tornado, people forget, it is not a big phantom. Yeah, you know, that's what everybody, or not even a big phantom. It's not a phantom. Um, it, is, it is quicker. It's got much better kit in it, um, and you know, it does this nuclear role, um, American stuff. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it's Texas Instruments. Yeah. Um, so you know, the nuclear role was one thing, and it, well, we spent a lot of time on it, a lot of time. Um, but then conventional stuff also, um, and then we spent a lot of time on aircraft recognition, mm-hmm. um, tank recognition and all that sort of stuff. And then, the other big bit, which is actually even bigger, was terrain following.
0: Oh yeah, the TFR, yeah. Yes.
1: Now at that point it was cleared initially to 500 feet and 450 knots, I think, uh, something along those Mm -hmm. lines. And uh, the the way we approached it was we would do the whole sortie in the day at 500 feet. right? And then we'll, we'll then go at night and probably do it at 800 feet. And frighten ourselves absolutely. Oh frightened um, and off, off we went. Now, and we soon learned because when I did my first trip, what the navigator did was he he just sort of went from hilltop to hilltop because it was easy on the map. Well, we didn't need anything, and um, to do a particular route. Well, that was the worst thing to do because what happened was in the tornado, if you got a very high hill, the auto throttle would then stop at the top because it won't go into reheat on its own. Sometimes it ran out of power, because oh, okay. uh, it wasn't that much power if it was a steep yeah, hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you'd come down the other side, and then suddenly all, both throttles go, ee! and you hurtle down, absolute blackness. The engines oh, wound word. down, and it was, yeah. <laughs> but It worked. <laughs> it worked, and the other thing was, the deal was, anybody unhappy for any reason could pull out, and you just, that's what you did. Mm. Uh, and so with that caveat... Uh, slowly, slowly, we, we got yep. doing it. And by the time I left, we went to Goose Bay. Um, and I, was, I, I love this, I've got to say. It's my highlight of a story. Um, we're in the Met briefing. Weather, absolute crap, lashing down and everything else. And uh, so the, the boss stands up, Canadian, and says, Right lads, into the bar, you know, black flag. But, uh, excuse me. Yes? We want to go flying. What? Weather's crap. Yeah, well, We can fly in this. Oh, right, OK. And so off we went, and it was horrible. Um, and off we went, uh, it was 300 feet, we are clear to 300 feet, and 450 I think, or maybe even 500, I can't remember now. But So off we went, and a lot of it, probably two-thirds of it was in cloud, uh, even at 300 feet. Wow. Um, and then every once in a while a rock would flash by and oh, <laughs> Christ. Um, and I just thought of the irony of it all that we went round this, and it was quite um, um, anxiety making in a way, uh, just seeing suddenly rocks flying by and of course, the other thing is that is going up and down a lot, and the, the, the if you put it on hard ride, which is what we did, it would you know push down and pull up and mm. you had to because otherwise it would sail over things um, so we did that and I I just thought that was absolutely wonderful. Well, we got in the bar. The irony of it was they were pissed out of their heads. We were sober. They were in flying suits and hadn't done, turned a wheel all day. Because of Air Force rules, we had to go back into, in our blues before going into the bar. Really? Yeah. Okay. But the good thing was the, the squadron commander of the German squadron that was the F4E squadron, big Prussian guy, big mustache, the whole works, oh right you yeah, bloody brits and of course he's pissed out of his head but the important thing was he said you don't buy a beer in here tonight oh. if you can go and fly in that sort of shit." he said i've got the tornado now i understand what it's about wow yeah <laughs> yes
0: three drinks all night then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but john can you share some stories you uh, you have from your time flying the tornado
1: uh, well, I'll get round the, the, I'll get round the uh, ejection, should we get that out of the way, that was fairly <laughs> traumatic. That's, that's quite a long story, I, again, same, we took off, we had some targets up north, uh, nice weather at uh, Goose Bay, this is a Goose Bay, uh, and um, nice, nice weather, a um, little bit of wind, and we went off to the targets and the F4E said, well, we'll defend them, and so it was great, you know, we all whizzed about and had a great time and came back into the circuit. And I was the first in, and um, so I broke into the circuit, and I didn't actually see this, I just felt something wasn't quite right. So I looked, I looked down in the cockpit, and one of the um, switches, if you want to call it that, it was like a push switch, uh, was lit up saying that there was a control malfunction uh, somehow. And I thought, oh, and the, the trick was just to put it back in again and see what happens and it, it was fine but then i noticed that the flaps hadn't come out mm. i had slats out but no flap oh all well, right well no big deal but well, you know if we have to land like that that's that's okay mm-hmm. yeah, just a bit quicker so i thought well i'll tell you what we'll go round to, so i called air traffic and i said look uh we've got a flap problem we'll try and sort it um so you can get everybody else in to land and the thing was it was 27 wing so forward wing um, but of course if, um, if if the flaps come out and the wings are anything other than 27 the flaps go into the fuselage.
0: Yeah of course. Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. So it has to be forward so I thought right well that's the problem. I say micro switch probably a bit more complicated than that <laughs> but I was slamming the wing like this to, trying to force it in. No, no. Just wouldn't have any of it so uh all right okay we'll do a circuit and we'll land um luckily for me i decided to do a very big circuit to give myself (coughs) plenty of time and it needed it without flap Mm. anyway round we come navigator lovely lad but he starts to boss boss uh, speed speed i said yeah i know i know but we're in a turn with no flap um so i'm having to keep the speed up Uh, anyway so we come down the approach that's fine and then the aircraft just went and rocked slightly turbulence i don't know what and i instinctively looked down because that can happen if one of the one of the indica- the switches comes out nope it's fine um so i thought oh right i thought no, it's it's um dutch rolling because i've seen that in a hunter mm-hmm. And I said, it's because of the flap configuration, it's not quite right. Let's get out of here. We'll land quicker next time. Well, by the time I got both heaters in, I had full control one way, aeroplanes the other way, and we're only just off the floor. And I'd always said to myself, if I'm given two options, one of which is death, I'm off Martin Baker. So, Martin Baker, pull the handle. I wait, I wait, I wait. Nothing happens, and then eventually, whoosh, we're off. Now, the navigator goes first. Point six of a second. Point six of a second. That time I was waiting was point six of a second. Now, my wife didn't flash before me, but it extended dramatically. <laughs> um, anyway, so out I go, and um, the uh, I, I could feel all the straps I'm doing and everything else, and I was on my back and, and whatever. Shoot, opened. And I, and I thought, oh, Christ, thank God for the bloody chute opening. Um, and then I thought, oh, side, left, side, right, what? too late. Oof, hit the ground. <laughs> oh, Christ. And what happened, actually, was the chute went out of the airplane. And instead of sort of doing a parabola or something like that, it sort of went out and then went oh, like gosh. that. Um, and so my chute opened in a couple of swings and I was, hit the floor. So, I'm, it, so anyway, so anyway, oh, thank God for that. Um. while i'm sitting there i watch my airplane like this oh you saw it did not you really climbing away in a vertical climb and i'm going (laughs) this could be tricky to talk my way out of it but and then i thought tell you what i don't care i'm alive alive. (laughs) i don't give a shit um and and the reason was was because i had both reheats in um all that weight had gone out of the nose so the nose was just lifted up because it, it suddenly became tail-heavy.
0: So it was in reheat really when you were watching yes. it go
1: up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd left it. I'd just left it where.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> and so I watched it, and eventually, it. Um, I saw it in the distance, and it just sort of went like that, and hit the ground inverted, and that was that. And I went to see my nav, and I was trying to think of something jocular to say, and he said, what the bloody old happened there, then?" <laughs> Oh right, okay. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I broke my collarbone. Um, I think it was because of the oxygen bottle was there, and you, when you eject like that, you, you bend right over. Oh you know. right. You are pulled back in stri- straps and things, and I think it just broke the collarbone. Um, well, that, was, that was fine. Yeah. And
0: how long before you were back flying again?
1: Two months. Is that it? Three, two three months. Were maybe. you
0: scared going back? Uh, no, flying? no, 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 no. Eager to get back up.
1: No, uh, I, I don't know how long th- this will go on, and, and, but none of these things that happened to me bothered me. I slept like a babe, no way. I, I was, I, at the time of the ejection I was a bit shaky, I, I'll be honest. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. And, uh, but apart from that, um, no, and, and but I paid for it later.
0: So John, overall did you enjoy your time on the tornado?
1: I absolutely loved every second of it. Um, there were a lot of other things we did. We did the Queen's Birthday Fly Pass, for example. And, um, you know, I didn't ask for it. Somebody came up and said, you're doing the Queen's Birthday Fly Pass. And it was s- some of us, some of Nine Squadron, and some of 617. Mm. So we were, we're grouped together. Uh, wonderful honor. I'm a great Royalist, so that was just fantastic. Um, they had a film taken from a helicopter of the run. And oh, so nice. we were able to see that. And I sat and watched it um, because I have heard of people getting, I think it's the strand, which just parallel and getting it wrong and things. And you think, how can you do that, bloody palace? <laughs> Actually, now I'm up there, it, you yeah, can understand. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can understand. <laughs> so, we, um, yeah, so we practiced it, we did the fly past, um, and uh, <laughs> my mother was in the crowd and she said, you were late. I said, do you know, well in those days of course, it was all stopwatches. Yeah. I said, there are nine aeroplanes, it was a diamond nine, there are nine aeroplanes, two people in each, you know, that number of stopwatches going. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll agree to one second late because that's what I reckoned I was. You were late, <laughs> I can't believe it. And that was off her little Mickey Mouse watch. Yeah. But the other nice thing was, um, somehow it came about where I realized that Heathrow was suppressed while we were mm. doing, doing this thing. And so um, I rang up the boss of Heathrow and I said, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. If I was to delay 20 seconds, could we fly over your airport? He said, yes. Really? I couldn't believe what he said that. He was so- In Yeah, absolutely. And so what I did, and of course, they're all suppressed. All the airplanes are yeah, on of the course. ground because it's too close. So, and so we did this thing, and I just uh, literally 20 30 seconds, and then just flew a Diamond Nine over Heathrow. Oh. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> but uh, while we wrap up here, have you got any uh,
0: stories you can share with us that we haven't already heard?
1: We did, we went to some Rate, and that was, that was good because that was a bit of a sales pitch, and the Saudis eventually bought it, so must have
0: worked. That
1: must have worked yeah. yeah, yeah. But that <laughs> was great to work at some rate with the, with the Jaguars and they're almost all my mates so I know all these guys yeah. in, in the South in um, and um, yeah we went there <laughs> it just makes me smile though we we go there we, we got there and we landed and the weather wasn't very nice it was just foggy mm-hmm. you know, that was all and the prince because they're all princes of course. came up and said all oh, right we're going for lunch So we went for lunch in this sumptuous Mercedes. um, And he took us round the squadron after we'd had lunch. Wow, different world. All marble. Um, The briefing room was like a a cinema (laughs) theatre. It was huge, (laughs) absolutely huge. And whereas we all had, I think we probably did have colour photographs of people and things, but it was close. Whereas they did have massive colour photographs of all the pilots on the outfit and Mm. all this other stuff. Yeah, it's a different, different world. Um, yeah, I guess it worked, because they bought them in the end. They did indeed, yeah. 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 I, I did a wheels up in a Harrier. Right. Um, and that, what happened was I came off an air test, this was on 3 Squadron, and um, put the gear down, wouldn't come down. Oh, all right. I'll have a little bit of faffing about, see if I can get it, a bit of yawing and things, see if I can get it down. I couldn't get it down, so I thought, all right, that's all right. I've got the, you know, the emergency system. Which, yeah, oh, nothing. You sure? Nothing. Um, and so I uh, eventually I, I sort of got myself down on fuel. I flew past the tower, and I said, "Is anything out? I, I've got no lights or anything." And they said, "Yes, the one thing that's out is the speed brake." And so I now had the speed brake out and no wheels. So in the end, what happened was the guy in the tower said, "Tell you what." fly by again, hover in front of the tower, I'll get a ruler out, and I'll put it from your gun pod to the brake, and that will give you this, the proper yeah. landing thing. Which it did, it landed absolutely fine. <laughs> the only thing that happened with that was that, um, when I, I thought, right, well, I'll get out now, um, because it, it landed and it was fine, but it was doing a lot of creaking and hissing, and oh. that sort of, uh, is this thing going to catch fire? So I was fairly keen to get out, and uh, anyway so i did that and i went to put, pull the hood hood jammed oh christ and what it was was the hood was linked to a step and of course we're now on the ground so when you pull the hood back the step instead of going like that all the way down to, so you can get in the airplane it just went down about that far <laughs> so i couldn't open the canopy <laughs> oh god so i did what all i could do and that was to explode the canopy because it's got a detonating yeah. cord all the way around uh, that was quite an implosion. I can imagine. Because <laughs> when you're inside a bang like that, I was quite shaken. And um, then uh, in the back of my neck, which I still got it, it's all this molten lead. Oh, really? From the detonating cord. Wow. And because I was like this, I was trying to hunker down, and it's still all in, my, in the back of my neck. <laughs> wow.
0: So, John, what's your favourite aircraft you've flown?
1: I thought you might ask me that. Um, I saw um, one of your videos with a test pilot and he said he flew the Jaguar and it was horrible until he realised what it was for and when, it, when he did that, it wasn't horrible. It was a good aeroplane. So, I like the Jaguar. Um, I, I liked, I, the Tornado was immensely capable. You could do anything, mm. day or night. It was just extraordinary. Um, and. I think I've got to say the Harrier though in the end, uh, the Thought hovering, where, where we came in into it, um, we were cock-a-hoop, I mean, you know, having this wonderful airplane, this massive engine.
0: I mean, you've had an amazing career, but overall did you enjoy your RAF career?
1: Absolutely loved it, every minute, and um, I just find it sad really now that I can't say to somebody that's a great career, uh, because, not least of which, it takes eight years from zero to get to the squadron, that's madness.
0: That is madness, yeah. A complete madness. Yeah.
1: And so I can't say to anybody, um, like my grandson, for example, who uh, might be interested, um, I, I, I wouldn't do it, because eight years of your life, just faffing and, yeah, some training. Uh, one thing I, d- I did do once uh, was fly in the um, typhoon simulator. Nice. And I now realize what that airplane's about, it was a fence.
0: Okay, uh, anyway,
1: that's by the way. Yeah,
0: brilliant stuff. Well, John, thanks very much for coming on the show and just sharing a bit of your story.
1: All right, you're welcome.